You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan. I'm here at the Wondery Sunset Studios. I'm a writer and producer. I live in Pasadena, California with my husband, my big dog, who's very, very smart. <laughs> I I don't care what Liz is going to say. My dog is the smartest. The most exceptional? I think not, Lynn. <laughs> I'm Liz Dolan. I'm the middle sister. I live in Santa Monica, California with my dog, Hooper. Uh, I'm an on-again, off-again corporate executive. And uh, Julie is not with us today. She's not with us. Our oldest sister, Julie, in transit today. Yes. So, you know, so either Leon's dog or my dog is going to win the contest <laughs> we're about to have. Okay. You know, uh, what's on the show today? Well, we considered just screaming into the void for 45 minutes. But that's not entertainment, is no, it, Liz? No, we promised we're going to be respite from the cray-cray. Yeah. That's our new code. Okay. Respite from the cray-cray, Liam. So Liz is going to talk about the New York Times story yesterday that rocked everyone's world about how, oh, dogs aren't that smart. Well, that is not. We <laughs> that know is fake news. That's fake news. New York Times. Okay. Uh, we're also going to break down A Star is Born. I haven't seen it, so don't worry if you haven't seen it. I have already warned Liz. Yeah, no she, spoilers. No spoilers. Not. I did point out to Leanne, it's been remade. This is the fourth remake, but okay, fine. And I acknowledge that. Yes. I just don't want... No, no, there will be no spoilers. Any, any, you know, any delights. No, we're just going to glory in everything that is A Star is Born. (laughs) All right. I gave a speech at an all-girls high school a couple of weeks ago. People were sort of interested in what I had to say. Yeah, what do you say? I know. (laughs) Where do you even begin? I'm going to tell you where I I began, uh, telling the girls from Mayfield uh, Senior School to uh, speak up and stay noisy. That was my message to them. Always a good message. And uh, Liz, you have a full Operation Sea Turtle report. Yes, I I have a kind of athletic injury. I'm getting a lot of free advice from those of you in the Facebook group, which I appreciate, and also the juice guy in my neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's where you want to turn for medical advice. All right, we have a couple of more health studies we're going to talk about. Uh, We have the Paul Dark mini recap. Oh, an update. What's a mini recap? Just it's a couple of sentences. It's a quickie. It's It's a quickie. I just and then the discussion will roll over to the Facebook group. Um, uh, and I have a follow up on Madam Secretary, and you have a follow up on a couple of stories, yeah. uh, from last week. But first, Liz, bum, ba, 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 the launch of our new trailer. Trailer. <laughs> the Satellite Sisters trailer is out into the world. We would like to thank Sergio Enriquez for putting this together Yay. for us because we've been meaning to do it for about six years. Yes. You know, true. The fact that we never had a trailer posted in any of the podcast apps, we knew it was the right thing to do. I mean, for God's sakes, I've been in marketing my whole career. <laughs> right. Knew, but we just never quite got around to it. So this summer we finally did it or we gave it all to Sergio to do while we were on vacation. Right. I was going to say the holdup <laughs> was that I was the audio engineer at Satellite <laughs> Sisters for the last six years. Yeah. So. Yeah, now I, that we I, have a legit engineer. Yeah, I don't know how to do that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you have a role to play in this because what we did is we posted this at SatelliteSisters.com. We also tweeted it out. We put it on the Facebook page and the Facebook group. So you always ask us, what can you do to help the Satellite Sisters? Here's what you can do. Share the sisters. Mm-hmm. We really put the uh, the trailer in mind 
thinking that, you know, all those friends that you're constantly telling them how much you love your podcast, Satellite Sisters, that it's your favorite and you can't quite give them the experience about what it's like to be in on the sisterhood. So this is less than three minutes of what the experience is. So we just want you to forward it to your friends. Yeah. It's super easy. Just share it online, share it on an email, whatever. You can see it in any app that you use. It's labeled Satellite Sisters Trailer. So just Share the sisters. We would be really grateful if you did. Yes. And a big thanks to Sergio for putting that together. Yes. It just really made us sound super clever and <laughs> really sharp. It's, just, it's a little zany. There's a lot of laughter. Yes. We went for the funny. Right. You know, that's, that's the point. Right. We, we need people to understand we're having fun over here at Satellite Sisters, even though, you know, occasionally we don't. But mostly we try. <laughs> Good point, Liz. Good point. Uh, okay, Stars Born. All right. Okay, first I want to start with the fact that a conversation about a Stars Born just broke out in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group sure. without us even having to put it there. You know, you've been talking amongst yourselves. Many of you saw the movie over the weekend, which does not surprise me because if you look at their box office uh, report, Leon, the... Um, it says, this is the New York Times yesterday, this version of A Star is Born, the fourth, including the 1937 original, drew power from an audience Hollywood often ignores, older women. Oh, okay. yay! And that's us. That's <laughs> us. Because anything over 35, they right. consider older. So, well done, Satellite Sisterhood. Warner said that 68% of ticket buyers were over the age of 35, and 42% were over 50. Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nope. And about 66% of the total audience was female. But I think you can take... I'm surprised it wasn't 86%. Because <laughs> I heard, got a couple of texts from friends that were like, no way my husband's going with me on Oh, this. really? So, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, 66. All right. Yeah. Cheers to the 40... I was talking 30, to my friend Christine about it yesterday. I was like, I think you could take your husband. She's like, no way. I'm yeah. Like, really? <laughs> Bradley Cooper is like a man's man. And like, like you could do... No. Not Men happen. don't like singing on screen. They That's don't? really a leap for them, Liz. I'm just when really pe when people, but even if they're singers, it's not like it's a musical. Right? People break out singing. It makes them very uncomfortable. I can't Yeah, okay. it's shocking to them. It's they don't know how to handle it. Okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> so. Uh I enjoyed it. Yeah. I needed it to tell you to just say that. Like on a Saturday afternoon casting about for how can I lift myself up? A Super sad romance that ends poorly seemed like exactly the thing that would lift me up. Great. <laughs> anyway, so, I mean, obviously we know the stars, Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga. I could just stare at those two faces for hours on end anyway. Right? Why not? I find them both pretty interesting. Yes. You know, Bradley Cooper started on Alias. As you remember, oh, was I had forgotten my that. favorite, your favorite, favorite show. TV show of all time, where when I was a young mom and I like was just drowning in reality, I do I tune in. Needed an alternate Jennifer life. Garner as a CIA agent, and Bradley Cooper was her hapless roommate who didn't know what she was doing. It was always like, "Hey, how was the bank today?" And she was like in Berlin assassinating people. She's like, "Well, the bank was good, Bradley. Thank you." So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bradley Cooper stepping it up here, not only starring in it, but directing this movie. Mm -hmm. I just super enjoyed watching him every second. But Lady Gaga, interesting in her own way, yes. fascinating performance, so subtle. Like I started to think, could Madonna have pulled this off? <laughs> 
And I'm not sure. Right. I, like, uh, no diss on Mad Dog. Yeah. But, like, Lady Gaga really just acts her fool head off yeah. in this very <laughs> subtle kind of way. So I enjoyed that. And that, Leon, you and I both both heard an interview on the radio yesterday. We'll put a link in the show notes to this interview because if you love the movie, you're going to want to hear what the cinematographer had to say about how they shot the concert scenes. But you had the same observation I did about listening to him talk about Lady Gaga, that he referred to her as Stephanie? Steph. 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 Because that's her real name. Yeah. Which I always knew she had a real name. Right. But I never heard anyone call her that. No, I thought people called her Gaga. But apparently real insiders call her Steph. Yeah. So that's how we're going to start referring to her now. Our friend Steph. Our friend Steph. Yes, the cinematographer. It was a fascinating interview. It's a great arts and culture show that's produced here in Southern California called The Frame. Uh-huh. And I, I've recommended it before as a pod. You can listen to it as a podcast. Yeah. So, if, again, you want arts and culture to take you away. The John Horn, who hosts it, is fantastic at what he does. Takes mm-hmm. a while to – he's kind of – Takes a while to get used to his style. His delivery, yeah. But he's yeah. super smart and has been yeah. a longtime arts and entertainment reporter for the uh for the LA Times. So he really understands sort of all aspects. And this this interview with the cinematographer mm-hmm. was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. It was. Yeah. And so listen to that. I was thinking about it the other day because I on Sunday I was driving on Sunset Boulevard. Here we are, right, right. where our Wondery studio is. And I was going to a four year old's birthday party at the far far <laughs> end of Sunset Boulevard. But I passed Chateau Marmont and the hotel, the fancy hotel where, you know, showbiz folks stay. And there's a scene in the movie where they're obviously standing on the balcony there. I recognize the black and white awnings. And for those of you who have seen the movie, you'll know it's the one where her big billboard is in the background and he's talking to her about artistic authenticity. And as I'm driving, I was like, maybe the billboard is up. Wouldn't that be cool if the real (laughs) billboard from the movie was still up opposite? I'm sad to report, no, no. But I do have a lot of friends who are going and taking their picture in that grocery store parking lot. So, which is near Pasadena. Yeah. I, I understand. You know which gra- – is it my grocery store? Is it the Vons? I don't think it's a Vons. Okay. I meant to look it up. I'm okay. Sorry. I'll look it up during the break. Okay. And then we'll come back. Right, because they mentioned that in the interview, that yeah. like this key scene takes place in this cinematic grocery yes. store parking lot, which is just steps from the KPC studio. I'm like, wait, that's my neighborhood. <laughs> that's my grocery store. That is exciting yeah, yeah. to me. Okay, you're going to appreciate that. Yeah. But I have a special shout-out to two members of the supporting cast, because Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga – our friend Steph, Steph. Uh, are getting all the kudos. But two things I wanted to call out to people. Anthony Ramos plays Steph's best friend in the movie. You may know him as Philip Hamilton from the original <laughs> cast of Hamilton, because I certainly do. I like almost jumped out of my seat when I saw him on screen. So I'm just super happy to see him like career growing. So there he is. He's sort of her pivotal. Does uh, he sing in the movie? No. Okay. No. Uh they're the only two people that's well, okay. no, actually, whatever. But no, no singing from the the best friend. He's just, but he's an awesome best friend. So you're going to appreciate if you're a Hamill fan seeing <laughs> Philip Hamilton in the movie. And then I cannot say enough about Charlie the dog. You know what I'm talking about if you've seen the movie. Since I saw the movie Saturday late afternoon, I just keep coming back to some of the dog scenes, and then. <laughs> There's a lot of emotional things going on throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Even on the part of the dog, Leon. Well, dogs are intuitive. We know that. 
So, and then I saw this headline on CNN uh, last night when I was prepping for the show. The headline says, you're not the only one still thinking about the dog from A Star is Born. So apparently the dog has really touched a lot of people. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. It's Bradley Cooper's real dog. Uh, yeah. And he was a real-life canine uh, he was a rescue dog that uh, the Bradley rescued, and he, you know, he really pulls it out in this movie. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. So you appear like, trained? Is he like a trained dog? I, I mean, don't want to tell pretty... you too much. Okay, don't tell me too because much. Because you really, it's he's just a, he's the perfect companion in the movie, like everything you would ever want from a dog. So just pointing that out, I'm going to say no more about the dog. But if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm, you know what I mean. <laughs> all so, right. So I, A Star is Born, in, like in the Facebook group, many, many, many people have loved it. There are a few of you, not so much. You don't like remakes or you thought it was a little long. Eh, I would agree with that, but 100% worth seeing. All right. I'm, I was planning on going this week. And this, yeah. and I'll just close this capsule review with the text I got from our sister Monica the other day. This was on Sunday. I got a text that just said, Go G A A A A A A W D Bradley Cooper. <laughs> Saw A S I B today. Heart, 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 heart. <laughs> well, there you go. So, so yeah, it's going to have that kind of impact on you. Um, so speaking of dogs, right? Leon and I are now. Getting, you know, we really we talked about whether or not we dare weigh into such a controversial subject uh, covered today in the paper. <laughs> um, you know, we try to you know lift people up. Uh, and have fun here at Satellite Sisters. But a close uh, Satellite Sister, friend of the podcast, Laura Holson, who's been on our show, and we often cite her stories in the New York Times, she had a headline last night that rocked my world. Here's the headline. Your dog may be smart, but she's not exceptional. It's not true. It's (laughs) It's not true, Liz. Fake news. Fake news. So here's the deal. We'll we'll put the story in the show notes. It's, It's... She said, in the long simmering dispute over whether dogs are smarter than cats, a recent study published in the journal Learning and Behavior suggests that dogs are no more exceptional than other animals when it comes to canniness and intelligence. Uh, They found that dogs, while smart and trainable, are not super smart. And those are the words that most dog owners use. My dog (laughs) is super smart. (laughs) So uh, the doctor that did the study said, Almost everything a dog claimed to do, other animals could do, too. It made me quite wary that dogs were special. And then, you know, whatever. They named a bunch of things that, that other animals can do, you know, apparently. Migrate, like yes. migrate. Yeah. Use tools. Yeah. But I, I don't need my dog to use tools. It's a question of need. So, yeah. So uh, dogs cannot use tools, unlike dolphins, New Caledonian crows, and chimpanzees. Uh, and here's another. Far be it for me to suggest that pigeons are smarter than dogs. They're not intellectual giants. But if you want to get a thousand miles, I trust a pigeon. <laughs> a pigeon over a dog. <laughs> to which I say, Dr. Lee, who would want a pet pigeon, for God's sakes? <laughs> so, uh, Lee, and I have a question for you. Yeah. What's the smartest thing that Steffi does? She, um, she Does can... she use any tools? Because I would really like to refuse. Well, she likes to chew on the donut that I gave <laughs> She's got a big donut, and she uses that as a tuggy. Okay. So she enjoys that. Um, uh-huh. She doesn't. She can actually open the back door, and this is a back door, you know, with a handle. So yeah. she's a German Shepherd. She puts her big snout through. She grabs the handle. She pulls the handle down, and then she pushes through the door. 
So yeah. it's a two-step process. It's okay. not just using her body weight, which she does all the time. She just stick her nose yeah. in. And she actually has to pull the handle down and push through. So do you and, think a dolphin could do that? No. <laughs> actually, I think a raccoon could do it. <laughs> <laughs> but because she has the size to reach the handle, that's the key. Like, yeah. she's handle She's height. tall. She's tall dog. So... But when you're sitting in the kitchen and the dog just lets herself in, people are amazed. Like if I'm sitting there having coffee and Steffi just come on, she just lets herself in from the backyard. People can't get over it. It's pretty. Oh, it's super helpful. You don't have to get it to let the dog in. (laughs) See? See? (laughs) Come on. So Dogs understand. That's another thing I would say to refute this study. Like, okay, Hooper can't actually do anything. Yeah. Like there's no way. He's too short to do what you just described. But he seems to perceive a lot. Mm-hmm. He seems very understanding. And that's where dogs are kind of outthinking your new Caledonian crow, your dolphin, if you ask me. Yeah. So what is it? Can Hooper do anything? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's mm, nothing that would be considered useful in any way. Certainly no tools. Yeah. Um, you know, he has certain things he likes. The eating my socks kind of thing, but, like, I don't put (laughs) that in an intelligence thing. Anyway, one of the conclusions of this whole story is that the reason we think dogs are smarter than other animals is because we've studied them more, because we love them so much. Okay. And so there's a woman in the story, Michelle Nagelschneider. She's a cat behaviorist Uh in Portland, Oregon, of course, where she's known as the cat whisperer. And she, she makes the case that cats are smarter well, let me read this to you. I have found throughout the years that my client, my clients who are rocket scientists and neurosurgeons always have the most cats, 13 to 15 cats usually. So I guess that the smarter you are, the more likely you are to pick a cat or cats naturally gravitate in packs of 13 to 15 towards smarter people. We don't know and we don't care. I don't even like, want to think about 13 or 15 <laughs> cats being in a single dwelling with yeah. a neuroscientist. That doesn't seem clean. Well, anyway, Sanitary. she makes the point, I'd rather have a loving companion than one considered to be the smartest, which that's true. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 And, and dogs are the best at that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or raccoons. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, coming up, Liz. You did a fascinating job on your other podcast, um, Safe for, for Work, work right. about personality tests. Yeah. About the Briggs-Myers personality. Myers-Briggs, yeah. Myers-Briggs. Yeah, I've never taken one of those because uh-huh. who who cares what my personality is? I don't have a real employer. You, you don't have any coworkers. You were really going to give me one? No. We're stuck with you no matter what. But yeah. you know what? You suggested a free personality test on the show. Yeah. So after I got back from my dog walk yesterday where I listened to your podcast, I took that personality test. Oh. Oh, so and? we can. Comp- First of all, I have the best personality. <laughs> according, that's what the results said. According to the test, I think I do. I think I have the best personality. Okay. But I thought it was so much fun to take it. So we're going to talk about the personality test. You you can share. We, yes. we have pretty similar personalities list, but not a hundred percent. Nope, the same. Nope. So. Okay, so moving on, Leanne, it's personality yeah. test time. Okay, so if you're not listen- listening to Liz's work podcast, Safe for Work, it's great. I enjoy it. I'm even glad you do. I just work at home alone. <laughs> so the title of the show is Safe for Work, and I have a co-host. His name is Rico Galliano. He's been on public radio for a long time. He did a show called Dinner Party Download, and he was on Marketplace. Anyways, so on this the episode that just got posted this week, we usually answer questions from listeners about workplace dilemmas or like 
things that are going wrong in people's careers. But we did the Myers-Briggs test for this week's episode just to talk about personality types and how different types get along. And how workplaces use them. Yeah, and how workplaces use them. And by the way, we understand that Myers-Briggs is very controversial in some circles. Some people consider it culty. Some people consider it just complete fake science. We did get even a little bit of blowback from just even talking about it on the show. Oh, okay. But it's just, I put it in the category of your Cosmo quiz, your yeah. BuzzFeed quiz. Right. You know, and it you answer a bunch of questions and it's about how you prefer to work. And uh, so, and then we put a link in the show notes there, which I'll put here too, about a free test you can take online that is the same methodology, but it's free and it's, it's free. run by different people. So that's what you did, Leah? That's what I did. I went okay. right home and I took it. The website is 16 personalities and it takes about 12 minutes to do this test. So it's, you know, I, I don't know how long the, how long did the Myers-Briggs test take you? Mm, 20 minutes. Not, okay. not that much longer. All right. And, what, you know, when you take those tests, I try really hard not to second guess the results. Yeah. You know, it's... or Like, sometime, what are they looking for? Yes. Yeah, so what should I answer as opposed to what is the actual answer for me personally? Yeah. So I tried really hard just to answer the questions straight up. Yeah. And there were... That's why they tell you to do it quickly. Don't overthink it. Just boom, boom, boom. Whatever your first instinct is, answer that. Yeah. So I took the test and there were a lot of questions. I didn't even know what to expect because I've never taken anything like this. And there were a lot of questions about... Clearly, they were looking for extrovert versus introvert. introvert right. Yeah. And that's the easiest. Yeah. One, it's think. not a surprise that I'm an extrovert. Uh, yeah. And, and then... <laughs> and Introverts are just not that good on the radio. <laughs> I no judgment there, yeah, but it's just it's tough. You got to talk a lot. Yeah. So, um, and then there are other things about how I like to work, and I found those slightly challenging because I am in a creative field, but I'm a pretty organized creative person. You are. So I had to, you know, I, I have a producer background, and when I write fiction, I outline and I, you know, mm-hmm. set goals and things like that. So it's not, I'm not just like, Wah! wildly <laughs> creating like a mad scientist back there. Uh-huh. So that presented, you know, I had to think about that a little bit, it's sort of a sliding scale. And Right. So anyway, Liz, my my personality came back and I believe I have the best personality. <laughs> the best. Is that what it said? <laughs> that you won the personality test? I think so, Liz. Uh, <laughs> so how did they describe you? So I'm described as the protagonist. Oh. And they said only 2% of the population has a protagonist personality. If you're familiar with Myers-Briggs, you may recognize these letters E-N-F-J dash A. That's okay. that's and, if, and it, I can explain a little bit about that. Okay. But essentially, here's the first paragraph of my description. Okay, very happy. Uh, protagonists are natural-born leaders, uh-huh. full of passion and charisma, forming around two percent of the population. They are oftentimes our politicians, our coaches, our teachers, reaching out and inspiring others to achieve and do good in the world, with a natural confidence that begets influence. Protagonists take a great deal of pride and joy in guiding others to work together to improve themselves and their community. Huh. So okay. it's described as the diplomat. And uh, I would not have described you that no, way. No, I but... would not. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I can see how in the outside world you might be perceived that way. <laughs> That's the difference. I prefer diplomat to politician. Yeah, I yeah, that yeah. I don't okay. have at all. And uh, my key skill is people mastering. Oh, people mastery. Wow. Yeah. So uh, and then here just a couple of breaking down the things. This is what they're looking for. They're looking for your mind. 
This is a trait that determines how we interact with the environment. So extrovert versus introvert, uh-huh. I'm 76% extrovert. That's like... No surprise there. But, you know, it did surprise me. You discussed this on Safer Work, how your personality might change as you age. Yes. You know, and I think that's legit. I, I guess others believe that's not happening. Yeah. Because some of the questions are like, would you walk into a room and introduce yourself to people? Yeah. And even though I might have been had that inclination when I was 18, I totally do it now. Yeah. You know, I don't Yeah, I got nothing to lose now. Yeah. You you don't care what these people think of you. That's actually one of the questions. How much do you care what people think of you? Oh, I'm done. I'm over that. You know, one of the, the, mine did change. And believe it or not, it's because I used to be bossier. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because I think when I was running a big company, of course you have to be bossy. Right. But now that I'm not, like... I can kick back a little bit, as you've probably noticed. Yeah, ooh, you're, yeah, you're, you're so breezy, Liz. That's, I think that's you the word. Breezier than bossier. Okay, the energy. Okay, that's uh, so E. Yeah, so these words are slightly different than right. the Myers Briggs words, okay. but the initials are the same. Okay, energy. This trait shows where we direct our mental energy. The traces were intuitive or observant. Yeah, I'm seventy-eight percent intuitive. Oh, imaginative, open-minded, and curious. They prefer novelty over stability and focus on the hidden meaning and future possibilities. But can I say you're also you're also super observant, mm. which is what makes you a great novelist. Yeah, because like I laugh out loud when I read your work mm. at some of your observations, just about people and the way they interact. So uh, you've got both going on. Thank you, Liz. Thank you. Okay, nature is the next one, and this trait determines how we make decisions and cope with emotions. So the choices are thinking. Do you tend trend towards thinking or feeling? Uh-huh. I trended a little bit towards feeling. Uh-huh. You know, that should surprise no one. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I don't think. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not surprised. But just 58% thinking. I was yeah. pretty actually balanced in that uh-huh. one. Okay. Tactics. I think this is where we differ. Yes. Uh, right. This trait reflects our approach to work, planning, and decision-making. I The choices are judging or prospecting. And I got 67% judging. Decis- so what does that mean? That means decisive, thorough, and highly organized. They value clarity predictability, and closure, preferring structure to planning and spontaneity. So this is the one where I could like feel the tension and the choices because I do work in a creative business, but I'm super organized at how I approach that creativity. Yeah, because I would say like if you talk about writing a novel, which you do frequently, or writing your monthly columns, you have to be organized just to finish the job, right? right? Because a lot of people who who could be in that, they're just writing forever and never really completing things. And you're, you actually Go into that room, you sit down, and you get stuff done. I do. So you're, I think, more organized probably than your average creative writer. You're certainly very productive in that world. Yes. And then the last one is identity. This is the trait that underpins all others, showing how confident we are in our abilities and our decisions. And the two choices are assertive and turbulent. I like (laughs) I am not turbulent. That's maybe news what? to my husband, but I seventy-nine <laughs> percent assertive. Okay. So self-assured. Yeah. Okay. Self-assured, even tempered. Uh they refuse to worry too much and they don't push themselves too hard when achieving goals. I don't I don't know. I'd probably more fifty fifty in this one, yeah. but that's what how does I, turbulent mean? I you know, let me see if I can figure that out. Here. Oh, I guess that's so I'm an ENFP. Yeah. So, which, you know, 
so my one-liner they have for me is, life is full of possibilities. I oh, think that's true. That is true. I think I approach life that way. It says I'm enthusiastic, warm, imaginative, and make quick, confident connections between events, information, and proceed accordingly. So, yeah. Liz, here's what turbulent means. They're uh, self-conscious and sensitive to stress, but yeah. they experience a wide range of emotions and tend to be success-driven, perfectionist, and eager to improve more willing to change jobs if they feel stuck in their current one and to spend time thinking about the direction which their life is going. Oh, oh yeah, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, so, uh, so tell me why you think you won this quiz. Again, only 2% of people. <laughs> 2%. I'm in the top 2%. That's how I, as a, as a confident, assertive extrovert, interpreted only 2% of this. Winning. 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 <laughs> But here are the other, you know, if you're curious, here are the other personality types uh, in the category, the broad category of analyst, architect, logician, commander, and debater. Okay, uh-huh. so that's how they, uh, in the diplomat category, as I am, there's the advocate, quiet and mystical, yeah, you know, the, me- you. the mediator, poetic, kind and altruistic, eh, uh, protagonist, charismatic and inspiring, and then campaigner, enthusiastic, creative and sociable, free spirit. So, and then the sentinels, the logistician, uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay, the logical ones. The logical ones, <laughs> the defender, like pa- protectors, the executive, excellent administrators, and the council. Uh-huh. And then the explorers, the virtuoso, the adventurer, the entrepreneur, and the entertainer. So you can see there are a lot of different yeah. personality yeah. types at the free 16personalities.com test. Like, so one thing we talk about on this episode of Safe for Work, which I thought was most interesting, is more like knowing this about yourself. Yeah, it's helpful. But understanding what that means about your expectations of other people. And Coach Larry Seal, who was our guest on this episode, talked about if you really forget about all the like you're in one lane forever for the rest of your life. That's probably not true. Yeah. But he did say it's helpful to know if you're the kind of person that makes a quick decision based on the data in front of you and you can just move on. But you work with people who like to bash it out a little bit more, who are a different personality type. Even understanding that about your differences can be helpful in any group dynamic. So I thought that was true. I don't I've never worked in an organization where they made everyone take these tests, mm-hmm. but I know people who have. And I always thought it was kind of weird. Like, what am I supposed to do with that information about you? So Larry kind of explained it to me in a good way. So okay. if I can understand you better, I'll know how to manage you better or yeah. I'll know how to, you know, collaborate with you because I'll know how your mind is approaching various challenges. Anyway. It's always kind of interesting and it revealing. Is. And this was free. I mean, I can also see, too, how there would be parenting implications. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I, I am a an extrovert, and so is my husband. I would say so is my older son. My younger son might not be an extrovert. Right. You know? So it's a parenting challenge. Like, for the th- three of us walking into a room, you know— Everybody's going to say what's on their mind. Right. Yes. It's, you know, or, or we're able to, like, walk up to a counter and ask for things. Or, you know— Yeah. And— and my younger son is not not that way. Yeah. So it just makes me crazy. <laughs> but I'd like to hear if anybody in the satellite sisterhood like takes the test with their child. Yeah. You may learn something about you know like a teenager. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't stress out like an eight year old to take this <laughs> test. But if you have a teenager or a college kid and you're listening to this, you want to take the test together. I mean, yeah. kind of interesting to see where you match up and where you don't. Right. So and what you might understand about someone that you didn't understand before. Right. 
Right. Okay. Well, that sounds fun. All right. So So we'll put the link in. It's free. And then they're trying to sign you up for all these newsletters. Don't sign up for anything. I almost did. It looks good. (laughs) You like newsletters. I do. I I don't sign up for any news. No (laughs) newsletters. I like it. I like it. Okay. That's why you keep saying we should start a newsletter. I know. I'm, like, I'm working okay, on it. Okay, go ahead. I'm working on go it. Go ahead. I'm working on it. I don't want to read one. I don't want to write one. <laughs> okay. All right. And then a couple weeks ago, I mentioned I was giving the speech at uh, an all-girls high school in Pasadena, Mayfield, uh-huh. Mayfield Senior School. Shout out to the Mayfield Cubs. Um, and and uh, it's just the world's most beautiful school. I mean, oh, it, oh nice. it's just gorgeous. It's like on a private estate in Pasadena. Oh, I just, you want to move right in. Like, <laughs> I'd never even been there. It was beautiful. And um, and I had pitched the speech, you know, a couple of months earlier, and it was called Finding Your Voice. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I've done this speech um, to groups of older women. Uh, like adult women. Adult yeah, women, yeah. but not, but not, I've never actually spoken to a large group of teenage girls before. Uh-huh. And, and then the, and then the subtitle was like, hashtag stay noisy. So, um and that happened to be like on the day of the Kavanaugh hearing. So it was oh. a very it was kind of an emotional day for me personally. And mm-hmm. then it seemed like a particularly timely topic for these young girls. Yes. And uh, but I had to pull together the speech. So um, so people gave me great feedback on the on the Facebook page. Here's what you should do. Just mm-hmm. be funny. Do this. They suggested getting people to chant. I, I don't know how you do that. So. <laughs> It's a good idea, though. It, it, it is. I mean, even as one of the top two personality, top, <laughs> even as a protagonist, I I couldn't, like, figure out how to motivate them to chanting. Like, uh-huh. it's been a long time since I've been in a high school pep rally. But um, so two things I should have done better. I should have had visuals. Oh. Um, that is not a strength of mine. Like, somehow in my work life, I never learned really how to do a PowerPoint. <laughs> I just have no need. There's no. other technical things I can do, but PowerPoints, I don't think that way. No, so you I, haven't worked in a company for so no. long. When have I done for a those deck? Of us, yeah, yeah. We have to do it. It's a, it's a deck a minute yeah. in, in the real world, <laughs> but you've been in your room writing. Yeah. So, so I think I could have used some visuals to underscore some points. You need a deck. Yeah, because the, the difficulty was like, adult humor versus teen humor and would they you know laugh and my speeches tend to be funny and anecdotal so i think but that was so that next time if i ever do this again yeah well you know just some funny visuals like i can see now how i could have punctuated the speech with some things because you want to put in some pop culture references yeah so it would have been funny to have those and things like that and I, I guess just so many years on the radio and then podcasting, we don't really think about the visual. No, interpretation I, and I well. think it yeah. would have been. I don't also. I also don't even really know how to like work it. Like, <laughs> like I don't. Even though you're in the top two percent no, of all people no. ever, <laughs> I can't. How do you do that? Okay, all right. Uh, but the good news is the administrator said afterwards. Well, they didn't. You could have heard a pin drop. Like, they are usually wrestling around. And there were tons and tons of questions. So I think I would have actually left more time for questions, less talking, more questions. But here's what I told these girls, in a nutshell, to find their voice. Speak up. You know, Mm -hmm. start now in class. Start now in class raising your hands. Yes. You know, I emphasize, like, don't blow off preparing for oral reports. Like, the best thing you can do for your career is be really good at presentations. That's so true. Yes. You know, even as a writer, I sell everything on a verbal pitch. Mm -hmm. You know, I sell it. I I talk about it. I don't write it down. Like, so 
I said, start now. Work really hard on those oral reports. I said, and you know what? You can start at home. Like when your parents ask, hey, what'd you do at school today? Answer them, you know? (laughs) Well, you're just (laughs) suggesting that because as a parent, you want to hear more. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I learned to like talk and speak up at home as part of a big family at the dinner table. It's, It's not a joke. Like, you know, make eye contact, learn to tell a story. You don't have mm-hmm. to tell it in front of a room full of strangers. Start mm-hmm. with your own family, with your own friends, you know, practice and then really work hard on your oral presentation skills and really keep raising your hand in class. That is really good career advice just Thank in you. general. Thank you. And okay. life. All right. So speak up. The second one was look up. Okay. There's, eye contact. Well, there's a lot of information on their devices. They're all yeah. looking down now. And yeah. I get it. Like, it's amazing technology. There's a lot of information on that device, but, like, the world is out here. Uh You have to look up and observe. Uh And I said there's almost no job you can have where your actual personal observations are not as valid as the information you find on your phone. Excellent advice, Leanne. You know, and I also said, like, the phone information will always be there. Uh Like, the experience happening now is temporary. It's fleeting. So, you know, it's a little bit of that be in the moment, but, Mm -hmm. like, just look up. (laughs) So, yeah, but I wanted to acknowledge that they have extraordinary opportunities with technology and they use it in a different way. And it's incredibly powerful to connect them. They Mm -hmm. have the opportunity to start an Instagram account that could change minds or a podcast or Mm -hmm. a blog like they can put their voice out there in any way they want to. But they have to look up. All right. uh, Be authentic. Yes. It's my third one, which is kind of cheesy. But then I always start with the funny story about the Friends episode, which... (laughs) Kids love Friends. Love <laughs> I know. Friends, friends everyone, back. everyone started laughing because they all watch it. And I said, you know, the Friends episode where Ross is like teaching his first class and he thinks he has to sound smart. So he speaks in a British accent. <laughs> like, right? And of course, by the end of the episode, that all falls apart. And he has to like explain to the class like, I'm not British, you know. <laughs> so, so they like that was a winner. Yes. And, and then uh, the fourth thing I told them was support the arts. I mean, <laughs> self-serving. But, again, think about your teenage years, like how you're trying to develop your self-identity. Mm-hmm. And maybe you don't see it in the faces next to you in chemistry class. Maybe you find it in a song or in a book or in a movie. Mm-hmm. And we that's a habit. Supporting the arts is a habit. You know, I feel like we had good role models in our parents. We yes. constantly went to the theater. We went to the movies. We they dragged to, us to the opera. They dragged us, right. They dragged us places. And I said, now you're old enough to go to those places on your own. And we live in Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, we have unlimited a, opportunity. Unlimited. And so much of it is free or at least one night a month. And now mm-hmm. there's actual public transportation. I was like, just get in the habit of going. If you want anything, you can find it here in Los Angeles. So supporting the arts and then, mm-hmm. you know, you see yourself reflected. And then the final thing, I think you'll be proud of me. Here's the diplomat of me, Liz. Okay. You were, here's the diplomat. Yeah. Listen to other voices. Oh. You know, well. I, because I made, I think one of the myths about women and communicating is that we all have to be friends. Yeah, you know, we don't. We're no. not all friends. No. We're not. <laughs> you know, The goal is not to get people to like you. No. And you're not going to like everybody. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, you don't know when you're going to need that other person mm-hmm. to do something. They may, You may go back. I said, you may come back to your 10-year reunion and find the girl who you thought you had nothing in common with is mm-hmm. actually the person you have the most in common with mm-hmm. 10 years from now. And so, I think we say it at the top of every show. Sometimes... It's your friends, your satellite sisters, who actually change your mind about things. Right. Just because you're having an open conversation with them and really listening, and you trust what they say, even when it differs from what you naturally thought. Right. 
So okay. that, those Good are list. my those are my lists, and that was my experience, and I I really enjoyed it. I mean, the girls were charming. They asked great questions afterwards. They have a terrific English faculty there that I got to have lunch with afterwards, and so there's an actual creative writing class, which is fantastic. That didn't used to be available at, at the high school mm-hmm. level. So they asked a lot of questions. It's funny to me when they ask questions like about Helen of Pasadena, which is a book I wrote eight years ago, and some things I can't remember, like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they've read it recently, yes. and you specifically. I was like, "Oh boy, this is like a quiz." But uh, there were a lot of excellent questions, so I really, I really enjoyed it. You know, three hundred and fifty girls in a room is yeah. a big responsibility. It felt yes. like a big responsibility to me. Oh well, let me just say one last thing about that. It was probably very helpful for you in your state of mind. Also, just going out and being able to talk to a group about what was really in your heart. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just I, turn off the TV. Right. Just, Go be something to other people. Have a conversation. Put your heart out there. Let them respond from their heart. It's going to lift everyone up. It did. And I said, we we need you. We need you to speak up. So, you know, it's important. Don't think your voice isn't valued. It's valued now more than ever. So it was a fantastic day. Thanks to the folks at Mayfield and fantastic Greek lunch afterwards. (laughs) In this beautiful study with this unbelievable view. Very nice. Very nice. So... That's uh, that was my speech at Mayfield. People had asked about that. Oh, oh right. But which, so we did want to just leave everyone with a reminder about what our book club book is for this month. At the very end of the month, uh, we have "If You Love Me" if, by mm-hmm. Maureen Cavanaugh, mm-hmm. and people are really enjoying this book. Yeah. guys. it's it's a tough story, but it's beautifully written. It's very simply told. It's moving and compelling. I, I as I said. In August, when I texted you, like, this is the next book we should do. This is great. Yeah. It's a memoir of a mother uh, whose daughter is going through an opioid addiction. And it's just a very fast read Mm -hmm. in the way that the story propels you and it's beautifully written. So looking forward to talking to Maureen Kavanaugh. Because I've started following her on Twitter now. She's very outspoken and very much an advocate now. Yes. And so it's great to see she's out there with a big voice that she never thought she had. Right. She's she an, would she would yeah. never be called be called upon to do this with her life. And now she is. Yeah. She's an accidental advocate, you mm-hmm. know, so uh, and in an unfortunate situation. But um, so it's a wonderful it's a wonderful read. Glad people are enjoying it. We're talking to her in a couple of weeks. Okay, so now we're going to talk a little bit of health and fitness, Leah, and you know that my code name for this is Operation Sea Turtle. Yes. And for those of you who are members of the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, you know that every weekend, usually on Saturdays, uh, I post a little report on how I did on general health and wellness over the course of the week. And and everybody provides pep talks for each other. So I love reading about what you've done or what you haven't done, yeah. or what was working for you, or maybe falling off a wagon. There's a lot of camaraderie. There's a lot of mutual yep. support going on in the Operation Sea Turtle threads every week. So I invite you to join just to get the sort of pep talk you need. So this week I posted a picture of myself holding up a big bag of ice because, you know, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I had a hamstring injury. Yes. Well, somehow it has spread all the way down my leg. It is now like an ankle foot situation. So my whole body must be out of it's whack. It's out of whack. That's what I, you're overcompensating when yes. you walk. And it, yeah. It, yeah. I know that happens to me. So normally I would just I would just blow it off. But I have a major athletic adventure scheduled for early next year. 
I'm not going to tell you what it is okay. yet because I'm working my way into it. It's not a race of any kind, if that's what you're thinking. <laughs> no, but I just, by early next year. Are you playing in the Australian <laughs> Open this year? Last year you just went, but now yeah. Yeah. You, you and Julie, the qualifiers the were going. Qualies? <laughs> Julie and I are in the qualies <laughs> of the dubs. Okay. <laughs> no, it is not that. But I just need to be, I, I need to be extra fit by the beginning of 2019. So I'm really focused on it. But this ankle injury yeah, is holding a, me back. It's a bummer. So uh, Karen in uh, the Operation Sea Turtle Thread suggested working out in the pool, which you know I love that, Karen. So I've been doing that. Uh, Carolyn suggested cranial sacral therapy, Ooh. which I don't I like. I thought that was just massaging your head. She says no. So, you know, I'm going to do a little investigation sure. of that. Anne suggested acupuncture, which I've tried before, and that has worked for me. And Donna suggested CBD, you know, the cannabis oil that oh, we right. talked about sure. on the show a couple weeks ago. So here's my thing, Donna. Like, I just don't know. Is that something that I apply topically? Do I drink it? Is it a, is it a gummy? I just like, I know there were lots of people that chimed in that this is really helping them. Yeah. I'm just not sure how to go about doing that. Right. And they said, go just go into one of the stores because, of course, it's all legal in California mm-hmm. now. There are dozens of cannab- it's legal at the Vermont country stores. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So people said, just go in and they'll tell you what you can use right. and what would be best. But I'm thinking, who are these people? <laughs> they're, right. they're, just, right. they're just people that work in a cannabis store. They're potheads. They're potheads. <laughs> I know they used to be, but they're not like head shops, right? No, I know. So, they're not medical doctors. No, so that's not, what I mean. Yeah, like They're not medical doctors, yeah. but, I, you know, they obviously have some experience. But then the other day, on Sundays, I always go to my deep water aerobics yeah. class at Santa Monica College. And then I stop at the smoothie place on my way home. And, of course, all smoothies in California now come with CBD in them, if you if you so choose. So I'm talking to the smoothie guy about, like, so what is the CBD really going to do for me. And I explained my condition to him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I think you should try it. This one has CBD and turmeric in it. Oh. And, you know, you always read about how great turmeric Anti-inflammatory. is. Anti-inflammatory. Yes. Yeah. So that's what I bought. Oh, <laughs> but, yes. So I, I walk out, I'm drinking a smoothie with turmeric and CBD in it. And that's when I had this thought, like, he's a juice guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. Why am I taking medical advice from a juice guy? <laughs> so this is where I'm stuck. Like, who... Who's qualified to give me advice in this situation? I think I just need a real physical therapist. Right. Right? Yes. But that's, I don't know how, like, that's hard to find on your own. Anyway, I've been really wrestling with getting myself pulled back together because an injury is exactly the kind of thing that can throw you off for a month or two. And then you really have trouble getting back to whatever your program is. So that's why. I downloaded the Beachbody On Demand. Oh, got it. And was I did a stretching class at home, and I also did a meditation at home. Yeah. And I so I have the Beachbody On Demand on my phone. You can just have the app on your phone. But I also have a smart TV in my living room. Oh. So I added it as one of my channels on my smart TV. Oh, good thinking. And I did this really great 30-minute stretch that I've now done three nights. Oh, Because good. I think... I don't know what else I need. Like, I, I don't know how much CBD I need or turmeric or cranial sacral therapy or acupuncture, but I know I need stretching. Yeah. And I know I can safely stretch in the comfort of my own home. Yes. My only problem is the excessive licking. Yeah. Because when I'm laying on the floor on my yoga mat, Hooper is just licking every part of my body. <laughs> just. 
So Oof, some flashbacks for the Poldark recap <laughs> doing later. <laughs> anyway, I'm working on it. It's just really hard to find the right combination of things for you just in an average week. But then if one thing starts to go wrong, the whole I've realized like I was also been doing a lot of stress eating over the past couple of weeks. I'm sure I'm not alone in this. My go to food for stress eating has become steak. Mm. Wow. I guess it's not going to kill me for a short period of time. It's not sheet cake. No. It's not. <laughs> never really been a dessert person, but eating a lot of red meat lately. There you go. That's my, I have no conclusion here. That's where we are in Operation Sea Turtle, just trying to diagnose and cure a pretty basic routine athletic injury. There you have it. You know, I've been thinking about Julie's CBD story. Remember, she told yeah. us her friends went and they got the massages and then yes. they came back and ate three lunches. <laughs> I think they also had some edibles. I've, I think, yeah, there was yeah. actual, yeah, because CBD. Actual THC. Yes, there was yes. actual THC. That's that's all I want to say about that. <laughs> I don't want to judge, but I, I let's not be naive. Okay. Okay, I read a study this week and I thought this is something I have to add to my fitness routine. You know, Jane Brody over there with the New York Times. Yeah. She does a great personal health column worth checking out if you haven't. And this is something I heard like, oh, you have to do weight lifting. You have to work with weights. Yes. As you age. Mm -hmm. But then Madonna said, I don't lift weights anymore. I just do yoga. Yes. So I So you do what Madonna says. I do what the juice guy says. You do what Madonna says. And here's Jane Brody telling me this week in the New York Times, you got to use it or lose it. Like you really do actually have to incorporate weight or resistance training into your workout. And I'm kind of bummed because I'm a person, I enjoy exercise, except weightlifting. I just find it so boring. Oh, really? I can't stand it. Just, oh, here we go. 12 reps. Oh, 12 reps. Oh, wait a minute. 12 more reps. I I just... Just the opposite. Okay. Like, I hate yoga. Talk about boring. <laughs> I cannot lie on the floor and just do nothing for an hour. Okay. Well, that's not yoga. But <laughs> I don't know but what that's yoga, what it feels like. I don't know what yoga class you're going to, but okay. But I love the weightlifting, and with that, that's why I go to body sculpting. And that's also why I like deep water aerobics, because that's resistance training. Yeah. I guess that's different. Than it's not, though. That's the thing, because yeah. that's what Jane says. Like, even if you regularly run, walk, play tennis or ride a bike, it's not adequate enough to prevent an incremental loss of muscle mass and strength, even in muscles you're using. Yeah. So, like, you really do need to do the mindful weightlifting. Mm-hmm. I was, I just thought it was weight bearing. Mm-hmm. You know, I do a mm-hmm. lot of walking. You're out there. I, yoga, bearing your own weight. Bearing, you know, yoga. Yeah. You're. I yeah. do pretty hard classes. You're up there, but no, you actually have to lift the weights. So, okay. I just, I, I'm gonna get a res, some resistance bands. <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, I take the dog down to the park, and she yeah. just sits, and I. I do it my exercises. Okay. She enjoys just sitting looking at the squirrels. So I'm like, oh, I got to get some weight bands. And yeah. there are a bunch of personal trainers in the park. Oh, yeah. We and have I'm those like, in Santa Monica, too. Steal their ideas. Like, just gonna... stand next to the class right. and do what they I do. It's like, do get get one or two, like, Beach Body on Demand, like 10 minute workouts yeah. for the weight. So I'm just going to start doing that in the park in public. Yeah. You, know? you don't care. I don't yeah. care there. We've established that earlier. You just don't care what people think of you. <laughs> right. No, me neither at this yeah. point. So. All right. Okay. See, we're all wrestling with what the perfect combination of things is for us personally. You just got to find something you can stick with. So good for you. Yeah. A little bit, of, little bit of weight lifting. Yeah. Resistance bands. Yeah. Any of it. But apparently I actually have to do it. Because um, <laughs> she said it really does prevent, um, you know, serious uh, health issues later. Yeah. 
like falling and breaking yeah. a hip. Like if your mm-hmm. bone density, mm-hmm. especially with women, that's an issue. Mm-hmm. So you really do need to work on that. So, and it's just the kind of thing we've been reading for 30 or 40 I know. years. And still, I just thought Madonna was just doing yoga. <laughs> All right, we got to move on here, Liz. Yeah. Uh, Pole Dark mini recap. Uh, you know, we're watching the show. We're doing a mini recap on the podcast, and then I'm put, posting random thoughts on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. Mm-hmm. So if you're a regular Pole Dark listener or watcher, and you want to join along, that's the place to do it. Great mini recap here. Here's what you need to know about this week's episode, Liz. Yeah. Here's what I fast forwarded through during the episode. I fast forwarded through the leeching. Oh, I fast forwarded through the eye gouging and I, I fast forwarded through the feet licking. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, I couldn't even watch three okay. of those scenes. That's right. We had leeching, eye gouging and feet licking. And people on... love that. People love this show. I don't love that. I don't okay. love that, Liz. So I fast forwarded through all that. And then here was my big takeaway. Okay. Demelza, our heroine, yeah. beautiful red haired Demelza. She is like sobbing or crying in about 80% of the show. Oh, this sobbing week. or crying. Yes. Whatever. So, so she's sometimes she's just quietly crying and okay. other times she's sobbing, Liz. So okay. she, that's what I mean. So, and yet, and yet, Liz, if that was me, if I was sobbing or crying 80% of my day, my face would be bloated and red streaked. <laughs> Yeah. I'd look like Patchy. an oversized balloon, you know? <laughs> yeah. And she just keeps walking into this beautiful light and just glistening. Yeah. Just she doesn't have any red eyed, bloated face, mm-hmm. tear streaked face. Mm-hmm. So Demelza, I'm it was a very sad show for her, but you looked fantastic. <laughs> Look fantastic, okay. So find uh, uh, more random thoughts over there at the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. All right. Also mention at Satellite Sisters Talk TV, our Madam Secretary recaps are back. Season premiere this week. So Julie and I, last week, we talked to the executive producers and show creators. Which was a great conversation. It was fun yeah. to talk to yeah. them. I know. Julie's like, they're so serious. I go, well, they're really smart. They're, my God, they're running an entire alternative administration. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot of responsibility. Yes. Right. I mean, you know, they're solving nuclear disarmament on the con- subcontinent. I mean, they're serious. In 60 minutes or less. 60 minutes. So and this week, we started with season one. Our recap is up. So if you watch Madam Secretary or maybe you just want to listen to the recaps and then watch the show, whatever you want to do. That's what I do. I listen in reverse order (laughs) because once I listen to the recap, you guys have attuned me to things I wouldn't otherwise notice. So, yeah, we Uh, have. Right. Somebody I saw a friend yesterday. She's like, what's she wearing? How's the hair in this week's episode? (laughs) Told her. It's all good. The Breck girl hair is back. So that's over at Satellite Sisters Talk TV. It's a separate feed. So you subscribe can to that, subscribe to that, and mm-hmm. you'll get uh, the Madam Secretary recap every week. Okay, one more online thing I want to mention: Leon and I are shocked, shocked, shocked at the response we got to last week's story about axe throwing, because I was shocked to see that an axe throwing restaurant had opened up here in Hollywood. I shared my shock on the show, and dozens of you posted not only comments in the Facebook group that you were aware of this and had been there. You had photos and videos of yourself in the act of axe throwing. You had photos and videos that included your children axe throwing. (laughs) There is so much axe throwing going on recreationally all over America that I was not aware of. So thank you for opening my eyes, Satellite Sisters and Misters. I I was really surprised. Usually we lead trends. We are on the tail end of this. So far behind on the axe throwing. Wow. 
That might, does that count as weight-bearing exercise? Yeah. Would you? If you got a heavy enough axe? I guess. I could see you trying that in your backyard. <laughs> so, yeah, that surprised me. Okay. Yeah. So uh, good good for you guys. That's why there. we put it out there into the world. You were having some fun in some all new ways. I can see that you would work out a lot of anxiety through axe throwing. Mm-hmm. So it might be exactly the sport of this era. <laughs> sport of the future. Axe throwing. <laughs> sport of the future. <laughs> Oh, and one last reminder, I mentioned at the top of the show, we posted our trailer, just like three minutes of, you know, the sound of friendship, just a sample of what we do here at Satellite Sisters. We would love it if you shared that with your own Satellite Sisters and Misters who you think would love our podcast. So thank you for sharing that around and for subscribing and rating our show. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors one more time. Thanks to Harry's. Thanks to Care.com. Beachbody On Demand and Nectar, thank you so much for supporting Satellite Sisters. And thanks, Satellite Sisterhood, for supporting the people who support us. Thanks again to our audio engineer, Sergio Enriquez. Liz, uh, what are you doing this weekend? Got a to-do list item for us? Well, you said support the arts, Leanne. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing this weekend. I'm actually going to be in Bend, Oregon this weekend for the Bend Film Festival. It's a lovely little film festival that they've been putting on for more than a dozen years that I really enjoy. I'm meeting Monica there, and uh, we're going to have some fun going to movies in Bend, Oregon. So how about you? Anything exciting planned? You know, I have kind of a wild trip uh, planned. So I have to go to Washington, D.C. for oh. a board meeting for that NG that I'm a part of, the American Women for International Understanding. Oh, cool. uh, Seeing a couple of people there that I know, having some meetings and going to the board meeting, maybe some light protesting. <laughs> and then I'm going to hop on the Acela. Yeah. And I'm taking the Acela up to Stamford, Connecticut, uh, where I'm hooking up with two good friends from high school. We're having a girls' weekend. They planned last year. They tempted me with leaf peeping. And um, <laughs> it's been a while since I've been to fall in New England. So oh, we're doing some leaf peeping, some cider drinking. We have signed up for an African dance class. Mm-hmm. We are also, I think, going to go see A Star is Born. That's why oh, I'm, yeah. oh, I'm, that would be... I'm waiting for that. That's a great group activity. So that, yeah. So that, because it's supposed to be the tail end of a hurricane. So I... <laughs> So we're psyched. Good time for travel. Pretty much a good. I'm flying right into a hurricane. hurricane. Oh, we're thinking of you, Florida. Uh, so anyway, that's that's what I'm doing. Oh, that'll be Off fine. Off to D.C. Okay. and C.T. But you'll be back in time for the show next week. No, I won't, actually. Oh, not that's on right. You're not on next week. <laughs> Okay, so next week it's Julie and I. Yes. Okay, that'll be good. Maybe I'll administer that personality test to Julie. To have her take Julie. the personality test. <laughs> totally. Totally. She, totally. Okay. Uh, she's not going to be top 2%. <laughs> she's too caring and thoughtful. And, <laughs> yeah. She's, okay. Yeah, she's going to be she's gonna be something else. More nurturing. <laughs> yes. More, yeah. Yeah, likable. Yeah, she's going to be all those things. <laughs> all right. Uh, Hey, everyone, have a great week. We're the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your satellites.